Hello, dear friends. We're sincerely happy to welcome you again, and today we're going to talk to the esteemed Igor Mikhailovich Danilov. Greetings. Igor Mikhailovich, in the previous conversation you said that every personality has an inherent aspiration for spiritual development, this very aspiration to return home, and that every human as personality feels this. Yet only when a human is weak as personality and when demons from shaitan actually predominate in him, it turns out that they live instead of a human, they speak instead of him and control his body like an avatar. That's why it is very important for a person, for every person, to understand who he is and to become a strong personality to whom a lot of things are revealed. Moreover, as you said, we are living during a wonderful time when more and more power from the spiritual world is coming to every personality. During this period, a great many people become stronger as personalities. That's why it is so important for people to actually encounter the truth, to perceive it. And it is very important for people to understand who they are and whose will they are conducting in every moment here and now. In this regard, there is a question. What does it depend on whether a person will accept the true knowledge? Whether a person will accept the true knowledge? I'll put it this way. It depends on your demon, my friends, how strong he is, and on you, how strong you are as personality. If a demon is stronger than personality, he will not allow a human as personality to accept the knowledge and embark on the spiritual path, on the path of spiritual salvation, unfortunately. So every personality a priori perceives this truth and accepts it from consciousness, yes. Personality itself is already attuned. It feels. It strives for home. Human personality is actually a part partially a part of the spiritual world and partially a little bit a part of the material world, let's say, a little bit. However, personality will never be on the side of the devil. A slave it can be. But if it has a choice, it always chooses the spiritual path. So when, let's say, there are people who call themselves atheists, they do not believe in God, they do not believe in the devil and the like, those are exactly the people who are already completely immersed in power, under the power of Satan himself, so to speak. They do not understand who they are and do not understand where they are. Everything is so material, simple and understandable for them. We live just like animals. But they do not feel that a human is not an animal. They do not understand simple elementary things. But nevertheless, I'll put it as follows, there are no atheists. And believe me, if the world doesn't change and we fail to change it, that would be more correct to say, atheists will disappear from this planet. They will first become believers, and then all of us will disappear. Igor Mikhailovich, there is also such an interesting situation. Sometimes it so happens that people who are fully absorbed in matter, who can really be called atheists, who have always believed that it is either fanatics or some kind of losers who go to God, those who have failed to establish relationships… Well, or those who are sick. Yes, or people who are not of this world. And it so happens that being full of promise here, in the material world, having brilliant prospects for some kind of a career development, they suddenly encounter such an inner depth, 
a manifestation. A manifestation, this spiritual gift of grace of the Holy Spirit, that it radically changes their lives and God becomes a priority for them. So, I was very interested in this very question. How does it happen that people who have never reflected or thought about God, who are far from religion, were deeply absorbed in matter? And why is it that they are given such a great gift of the Holy Spirit? Actually, it is given to everyone. And in fact, there are no people who haven't encountered a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Some people just do not notice this. Some are so immersed in their problems, they are so absorbed in the material world, that they do not even feel this. Well, that happens extremely rarely. Most people, let's say, en masse, do experience this inspiration. The only thing is that this very devil immediately takes away all this from them, you see, and a person is left with nothing. Consciousness immediately says, well, that's not it, that was an emotion. It is actually as always, demons start talking, and a person remains in slavery where he was. Well, sometimes it really happens when people, let's put it so, from rich families, to make it clear, we live in a consumerist format, and it is clear in this case, they are somewhere in power, in high positions and all that. And all of a sudden, they experience something they can no longer live without. And many of them go not only into religion, but into monasteries as well. It is really true, they try to find there what they had and lost. And to sort things out, it's like, you know, if a person has flown into space, it's already very hard for him on Earth. He wants to go back there. Why? Because space gives people inner freedom. It really gives them those sensations which do not exist on Earth. The pressure of consciousness decreases, so to say, and they become freer as personalities. They become really closer to God, not because they have flown higher, but because, my friends, there is electromagnetic rarefaction, and so on, a weakening is taking place. And that's where personality becomes highly active. If a person doesn't have the knowledge, he doesn't know what to do with it. However, people start having visions, perception becomes different, and life is different. As soon as they return to Earth, many have such a feeling as if they have plunged into hell, you see? They already want to go back to heaven, and that was just a slight touch. The same is true for people who are on Earth. Once they have encountered the Holy Spirit, have been filled with this power, and when they lose it, they start searching for it their entire life, it becomes the main goal of their life. But that is the wrong goal. The right goal is life. Whereas on the path to eternal life, to the spiritual world, a person is sure to meet the Holy Spirit and sure to be filled with power. It cannot be otherwise. It's just that the goal is a little bit wrong. Again, people set the goal for those very sensations, for that replenishment, for that peace which they gain within. What if a person has a purely material goal and he encounters such an outpour of the Holy Spirit upon himself? Well, what is the reason for that? How's that if he has a purely material goal and he encounters such such a gift, so to speak. He encounters such a state, right. Well, let's put it this way, this manifestation takes place when a human 
for example, is very deeply focused on something material, he has focused his attention and invested it in one goal. And it's enough for him as Personality to turn aside. In other words, when Personality is intensely financing consciousness, consciousness is busy telling Personality fairy tales, while in fact it is devouring this power and creating a kind of, you know, a vacuum for a human. So when he is really in this kind of a vacuum, let's say, in such emptiness, Personality… Why a vacuum? Because consciousness is too focused on devouring large portions of, let's say, our attention. That's where a humanist Personality can really feel freedom. And once he feels freedom, he begins to feel even the spiritual world. After all, the spiritual world always extends a hand to every human. It is us who do not notice that. Why? Because the devil stands before us, between God and us, like a wall. Therefore, when you remove that wall, you see the heavenly gate. Of course you aspire. Many people shared how they noticed that before they encountered the true knowledge, they had made a series of choices in matter. They as if acted differently. They acted somehow according to their conscience, as this inner voice dictated to them in a positive way. Such a thing often happens too when a person lives in this material world, he is accustomed to its rules and so on. But suddenly conscience awakens in him and he does something right, even to his own detriment. At this point, he begins to wonder why he acted this way, what kind of a phenomenon it was, what conscience is in general, right? And here a person starts thinking about it, he plunges deep inside himself and encounters something alive there. This also happens. You've said it right, that it becomes so important for a person that when he loses this state of grace, he surely wants to get it back because of it's the greatest loss and sorrow in his life. And many people, not knowing how to restore this inner connection, try to reconstruct the same circumstances. The same conditions. Right. Either to be in the milieu of the same people with whom this deep contact took place, or… Like astronauts want to go into space. Yes, exactly. Right. But that's not it. It's the inner state of a person himself. It doesn't matter where he is, it doesn't matter with whom he is, if he's not ready to open his own door. For it is exactly a human who opens this door towards God. The door to God is always open. It is us who close it, not even us. It is demons who close it for us. But it is us who pay for that with our life. Ingrid Mikhailovich, you also said a lot about the fact that a person should have a true goal. And another interesting thing is that in Christianity the concept of sin is a little bit different from how we habitually perceive it with our consciousness nowadays. For us, people, a sin is most often a kind of prohibition, sort of a forbidden territory, forbidden thoughts and forbidden actions. After our conversations where you spoke about the goal, we already have quite a new understanding of the point that in ancient in Greece, sin was understood as a miss, as a failure to hit the target. Of course, a goal is a goal, and when you miss it, it's already a sin. Let's figure this out, though, isn't this true? Any actions we perform that lead us to sin, meaning past the goal, are deadly dangerous, aren't they? Well, let's explain in a simpler way. There is point A and point B. We need to go from point A to point B. But instead of going along a straight line, we go in a completely different direction. Isn't that a sin? It is a sin. 
Any actions we perform, those actions which do not lead us to God, are sinful actions. Why? Because they go past our goal. That's the entire answer. Everything is very simple, in fact. Yes, when a person goes astray and disappears from those radars. You see, when in ancient times the knowledge was still preserved that Jesus Himself brought here, and there were people who remembered His words, or those words were passed on without distortion, there were a lot of understandings of it, precisely as a teaching, while afterwards they already made a religion. In religion, of course, there is already its own set of laws, it is already conventional, it is already, let's put it so, prescribed actions for an organization, let's say. It's just business. While the true knowledge that had been brought was simple, it was easy to understand, and most importantly, it was not rejected by a human. You see, as of today, I'll tell you, such a very interesting thing. There are actually very few people among Christians who have read the Bible, even fewer who have understood it. If we take, in percentage terms, perhaps, according to different data, but in fact, no more than 11 to 12 percent have read the Bible. Yes. That's among Christians. Whereas among Muslims, it all comes down to even a smaller percentage of those who have read the Qur'an, I'll put it so. It's not like they have learned it by heart or anything else, but of those who have actually read it. But this is the truth of life as of today. Yes, indeed, a lot of understandings have been lost as well, that were originally embedded and conveyed to people. Again, just look, we had videos, we already discussed this, and people themselves know that the Qur'an was written after the best of people, the Prophet Muhammad, had left. It was written precisely by those people who opposed Muhammad. Much earlier, but exactly the same thing happened in Christianity, when the teaching of Jesus Christ was simply distorted and converted into a religion. Well, it is clear why. Because it's impossible to build a religion according to that set of rules which were given by the Prophets, which were given by Jesus Christ. How can one make a religion if Jesus Christ said, you are equal, there is no one between God and you, right? As He said, only through Me will you be saved. But how is that? Well, that's why they altered it, you know. After all, people wanted… they wanted to lead it all, wanted to have high positions and incomes, didn't they? Everything is simple. You know, Igor Mikhailovich, when you have the true keys, a lot of things are revealed. I agree. In one of the videos you shared a story about your acquaintance, where you asked him the question, where are you? And it's so interesting that after that video, when we look at that very Old Testament, the book of Genesis, where the story is told of how, after Adam had sinned, God was walking around the garden and looking for him between the trees, saying, where are you, Adam? Where are you, Adam? And only now we already understand that he wasn't playing hide-and-seek with Adam, looking for where he was, but that after the scene, which was the loss of this very goal, Adam became invisible to God, of course. that God was asking what state you are in at the moment. Who are you? Where are right. you? Where are you? Are you in heaven or in hell? If we proceed from this biblical legend, Adam actually made his choice. He rejected God. Therefore, he became really invisible to God. 
Here is another question, Ingrid Mikhailovich. When a lot of people asked the question how actually not to lose oneself and to be more steadfast on the spiritual path and to have as few falls as possible to minimize these falls, you said that it is very important to have a goal, this true goal, that if there is no goal, a person will suddenly wobble. May I explain now? The question was… Before the question, there is point A and point B. When we leave home from point A and we need to arrive at point B, Everything is clear. When we leave home, and it's not clear what for and where to, where are we going to arrive, friends? That's the answer. Nobody knows where to and it's not clear what for, right? Yes, exactly. Therefore, the goal is what should predominate. I'll give a simple example. A lot of people say, I set a goal towards the spiritual world, and immediately a thousand other goals appear, right? For example, his spouse says, go take out the trash. Then you should go to the store, then work, children, or something else. We take an ordinary everyday life. Then his car breaks down, then some other issues arise. Well, I'm going towards the spiritual. But there are a lot of other issues in my earthly life. So how do I combine that? Friends, there's really nothing difficult. How to combine that? It's very simple. What predominates in you? What you care about the most? is what your goal is. If your concern is about fixing your car and that is your goal, then after you fix it, you won't have a goal. That's the end of your life. Isn't that true? Everything is very simple. Again, you shouldn't forget your true goal. It must be burning in you all the time. I'll give you a simple example. Some people don't understand how to retain it all, right? When you take on a responsibility, when you also declare this to God, that you are going to the spiritual world, that you have embarked on the spiritual path, you have said it to yourself, you've declared it to God, these kind of claims, while in fact, no one has heard you except the demon. God will hear you when you come to Him, my friend. However, the demon already knows that you are going there, right? So you have embarked, started going, and forgot. And people ask, how not to forget, right? Yes, exactly, this very question. Right. How to remember about this goal all the time and not to lose this goal? Let me give you an example that is a little bit abstract. Imagine that you take some stone, an ordinary one, and put it in your bosom. It will heat up from your warmth, and you will remember it for a while, as long as it causes discomfort. But after a short period of time, doing what you do, in your everyday life, taking out the trash, taking your children to the kindergarten, repairing the car, doing something at work, well, ordinary life, you will forget that you have a stone in your bosom. Therefore, this stone must be hot. It must be so hot that you wouldn't be able to forget about it, my friend. In the same way, the goal must be so hot that you would never forget it when you strive for it every moment, then, you know, it's like, if a person has a goal, he will achieve it. But if a person has no goal and he only talks about it, of course nothing will happen, right? It's the same as… I'll give a simple example, but it is easy to understand. You intend to lose weight, and you say, that's it, I'm going on a diet. Later on you say, the diet isn't helping. So how are you losing weight? 
Well, there is this diet and that diet. In the meantime, by force of habit, during your main meal, you are on a diet. But between meals you habitually eat a cookie, a candy, or a grapelet. Isn't that true? It is. And certainly no diet helps, right? People say, what diet is the best? Sew your mouth up. There is nothing better and you will lose weight. If your goal is to really lose weight, you will definitely lose it. Just stop eating too much. If your goal is to reach the spiritual world, will you reach it? You surely will. Just stop listening to demons. Stop playing at life, and then you will gain life. But as long as we are playing, you know, our entire life is a game. A lot of people perceive life really as a game, as an unreal existence. Yes, it is temporary, but why do we perceive it as unreal? A simple question. What is behind that? Behind that there is precisely the freedom of our personality in its right to choose. When a human is already a little bit stronger as personality, he already observes himself as personality and can already perceive let's say, both his primary and secondary consciousnesses, and he sees and understands this world, that it is not the same, and something is wrong with it, but a human has no knowledge. And no religion in the world answers these questions as of today. Why? Because the truth is concealed in religions. Otherwise, it would lead to freedom. Well, this is not beneficial to the system. Why is it not beneficial? Because the system benefits from what? From a human becoming a subpersonality, or speaking the language of religion, getting into hell. Why? Because in hell, human will be in complete slavery to Satan and will bring him some profit. Whereas if a human leaves for the spiritual world, what benefit does that bring to Satan? None. Again, many people perceive religious language as something fictional, made up by people. But the problem is that behind those fairy tales there is physics, real-life physics. Subpersonalities really exist. And nowadays they exist in some people in huge numbers. This is true. It's not a fact, my friend, that there are no subpersonalities in you. You know, if you look attentively at yourself, it is one thing when thoughts come, from the system, in a standard way. Our consciousness works, and it's aggressive. But another thing is, when you feel something rising up from within, alien and foreign, and when it seizes you. After all, many people feel that, and a lot of people face it. Well, I think it's a separate subject. And if our friends are interested, we can explain this as well. Yes, such questions were raised. Because it is, so to say, a serious topic. Whereas now we are talking about the goal. So the goal should be like a burning stone in a puzzle. Dominant. Yes, should be heated more intensely. Absolutely right. If you don't heat it, my friend, with your attention, it will cool down, and if it cools down, you won't notice it. And some people ask, how to do that, right? During the day, I understand there is everyday life and routine. Well, we are also in this world, friends. Are we on another planet? No, we are not. Are we in different conditions? After all, we do not live in the creative society. We live in the same consumer society, just like you, with exactly the same problems. We see everything, we understand everything. People say, tell us, give us a hint to make it easier. Yes, exactly. I'm giving a hint. I've told this to a lot of people, and now I'm giving hints to everyone. There is a simple rule. In order for our goal to be bright, for our stone to be hot, and for us not to forget about it, we can do very simple and easy exercises, but do them very often. 
between our, let's say, practices or namas. It doesn't matter whether you have prayer practices or spiritual practices. In order not to forget, we should recall it as often as possible, 30 seconds or one minute of time, it doesn't matter. You can sit and talk to a person, but in the meantime, just dive deep and direct your attention inside yourself, my friend, to your soul, to the spiritual world. That's the only gate. There is nowhere around us, let's say, a gate leading to heaven. It is inside of us. We carry with us the keys to heaven and the keys to hell. Everything is in our hands. So, let's put away the keys to hell and let's just not let the keys to heaven out of our hands, right? Literally, if every five minutes or ten minutes you recall and just dive, send your attention inside to the spiritual world, to your soul, and feel it. You felt it a little bit, and go on with your business. However, after a while, as soon as you feel that it cools down, heat it up with your attention, direct your love there again. If you don't know how to love, direct your attention. If you don't know how to direct your attention, think about this, focus on it. After all, it's easy. Each of us can focus on a dot on a wall. Let's take, for instance, a piece of paper, draw a dot and hang it on a wall. How long can we look at it? Attentively, quite a long time. We won't be able to remove thoughts. Yes, thoughts will attack, but thoughts are one thing, while attention is another thing. And when we concentrate hard, a heap of thoughts appear. Why? Because we direct our life energy towards the dot on the wall. It's clear that the system earns on this anyway. However, there are a lot of other imps that want to receive our attention. That's where it all comes from. The more attention you put in, the more there are attempts to distract you from your goal. You just have to be aware of this and ignore it. Let's say that very practice, that very circle practice. Start with the circle. Let your thoughts be beyond the circle, push them out of your territory and don't let them in. Meanwhile, inside this circle, focus on the spiritual world. Think about it. Once, twice, three times, try to feel it. You know, there are no people who cannot do that, and there are people whom demons have jerked around so much that they have a fragmented attention, they immediately forget what they wanted. In other words, they have no goal. It's like those people who come out of point A, but they do not have point B. That's why they're wobbly, that's why their whole life they themselves do not know what they want. They set some goal for themselves, say, to achieve something in their work, and when they achieve it, they become completely disappointed. And no matter what earthly goal they set for themselves, when they reach it, they are disappointed. That's why when they set the goal towards the spiritual world, consciousness immediately starts telling them, you'll be disappointed again. Look, what a rich experience of failures you have, right? Of course, yes. Then it immediately begins to dissuade and frighten the person. And personality is like, that's right, I cannot, right? It doesn't work out. In other words, it agrees with the argument. Well, my friends, you, each of you feels, and each of you understands that there is nothing easier than gaining life. 
But every person immediately realizes that he has to overcome a lot of resistance in this world. However, not from someone, but from his own consciousness. Every person who is, let's say, a slave of shaitan, yes, he's a tool, a tool of that very shaitan. Yes, such people will distract and yank you, but any of their actions are nothing compared to the demons in your head. As soon as you understand that the actions of a certain person are directed at you in order to distract you, to drive you into an emotion or something else, that is, to knock you off the spiritual path, then you are already armed, because you have understood this action. You have exposed the secret action of that very demon. You know what he wants, and since you know what he wants, you can easily reject it. That's why it is very important to have a burning goal, right? Right. After all, there's nothing complicated about that. You know, Igor Mikhailovich, you mentioned that it is necessary to remind oneself of this goal as often as possible. And our viewers also shared with us a parable that one Japanese monk kept asking himself, he asked himself a question, where am I? And he would answer, I'm here. He would ask himself again, where am I? And would answer, I'm here. Other people scoffed at him a little bit. And he became silent. But then he became silent. People said, why don't you actually ask yourself anymore, where are you, where are you? And he gave the answer that, I have stopped losing myself. That's right. So here is this point that suddenly, in the life of every person who is walking the path, there will come a moment when the person will stop losing himself. And we can trace a lot about this in Sufism, where they initially fought against nafs, recollecting God both in their hearts and with their words. But later on, there definitely comes a moment in a Sufi's life when he feels this living radiant flame which is burning in him which incinerates the entire nafs, and then also his talk solely about returning home, about this love. Right, because it is hard to gain primary experience, and once you gain it, you are simply afraid of losing it. A lot of people lose it. But when you know what you have lost and search for it, you will definitely find it. This is very, very simple indeed. It is really so simple to gain life, You know that, well, a lot of people simply get lost. It's the same as losing weight. They say, I should do something. And at this point, you see, in both cases, you should not do something. And then everything will open up. If you're in the process of losing weight, open your mouth less often, and everything will fall into place. Am I not right? While in the process of the spiritual path, in order to feel the spiritual world, what should you do? On the contrary, you should not do. Do not do what demons tell you in your head. When you understand that it is nonsense, just don't do it. Then at first, conscience will awaken in you, and right after it, God's love will awaken. Everything is actually simple. But many people are afraid of conscience. Here also, you know, you and I have just touched upon, indeed, many people are afraid. Let's say a person has such a job, he works in the marketplace, I'm just talking small things. Yeah, there are people who work in agencies, in politics, well… Yes, exactly. Let's just say… It seems to them that it makes them weaker. Yes, in order for me to live well, my conscience should be tied on a leash, right? Right. Yet, how can I untie my conscience? How will I live then? Well, conscience really awakens as a person develops spiritually. You cannot get away from that. There is simply a reassessment of values. 
when what seems very important and very valuable to you now, while you are living in the material world by the values of consumerist format, after throwing off these Satan's shackles and taking a breath of freedom, you realize that there is nothing more valuable than freedom and that very conscience. Meanwhile, conscience is the inner eyes. It is what leads to gaining the perception of love through feelings, which leads to salvation, to life, real life. Everything is very simple. You said that it is necessary to direct attention inside oneself more and more often, to come into contact with the spiritual world more and more frequently. Of course. You know, there is a wonderful folk proverb saying that a flower should be watered all the time, but not only when you want to smell its fragrance. That's right. If you want a flower to grow, for you to be able to admire it and smell its fragrance at any moment, you should look after it, you should water it, you should take care of it. So is the lotus practice. It is basically that very flower. Right. If you want to attain the spiritual world, if you want God to see you, then you should be like that lotus flower. You should rise through all the mud, from the very swamp, from the filth, and just manifest yourself before the sun, before God's face. Then everything will work out. You see how simple everything is? Very simple. I certainly understand people who face numerous questions, but in fact, 99% of all questions that arise are questions from demons. It's the same as when you lose weight. What diet should I choose? What should I take? And things like that. You know, it's actually… While the formula is simple. While the formula is simple, yes. just do not open your mouth without necessity. It's the same in this case. If you want to reach the spiritual world, do not listen to demons, and everything will be fine, right? Right. And what should you begin with? Definitely, with love for each other. That's right, friends. Therefore, let us simply love each other. Thank you. Thank you so much, Igor Mikhailovich. Thank you, friends. Thank you for being with us.